the Ontario government have developed something they call a roadmap to wellness. It's been developed with the help of experts and consultations with people in the know about mental health issues. And they're going to spend $3.8 billion over 10 years on this investment. Yesterday, they announced uh, something that is really interesting. It's a new program. They're going to spend $20 million to increase access to publicly funded talk therapy. To talk all about this and how it uh, pertains to you, Michael Tobolo joins us now, Associate Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for being here. First of all, let's start out. Give us an idea on how many people you think in the province are dealing with mental health or addiction challenges. Well, it's it's this substantial amount of people. There's over a million people that seek help every year from their family physician with respect to mental health and addictions issues. And uh, we've uh, across Canada, there's about a half a million days lost as a result of mental health or addiction issues um, every week. So it's it's substantial and, and it's, uh, um, you know, certainly an important issue that needs to be dealt with because we can't really say that someone is healthy unless they're also mentally healthy. Right. So we can't afford it on a personal level and an economic level. This Something has to be done about this. You're going to spend $20 million on something that has, uh, it's called MindAbility. It's the first of its kind in Canada. Walk us through this program. And I, I think it's based on something that they've been doing in England. Correct. Actually, I spent some time with uh, the developers of the program. Uh, it's now been working in England for 13 years has a 50% complete success rate with individuals that go through the program and uh, about a 15% uh, betterment in terms of um, uh, feelings and, and, and how people uh, uh, you know, react to, to depression and anxiety. It's focused on depression and anxiety. And uh, the program basically is a type of psychotherapy. It's cognitive behavioral therapy delivered over a series of sessions. It can be individual, it can be group. And we're also looking at uh, internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy as an option for those that are, um, you know, more computer savvy and uh, able to to do the program. It's based on homework, it's based on talk, it's based on uh, learning more about oneself and how to uh, react to difficult situations and and, uh, um, you know, be able to feel important, integrated into the community. I don't want to uh, simplify this because I don't think you should simplify mental health issues, but this program is the main goal to enable people and supply them with the skills to deal with their mental health problems so that they can de-escalate feelings when they're feeling them and make sure that they get the services that are available to them at a very quick uh, pace. Absolutely. And that's part of the issue that we faced is that accessibility and there's been barriers uh, to to getting access and then fragmentation. So this is one component of a plan that's going to really look at the lifespan of an individual and be able to provide supports right from when a child is born all the way through to seniors and to the needs that they have with respect to isolation, depression, and anxiety. This particular program, the first part of it, with the MindAbility, will be for people over the age of 16. But we're also working now to uh, develop strategies for cognitive behavioral therapy for youth. We're looking at doing things with mindfulness for uh, youngsters before they start school. The, the, the program, what we're trying to establish is a real plan that has a center of excellence that will be using evidence-based therapies to support people all the way through. But the largest majority of people have 
uh, depression or anxiety. And so we believe that we can serve a lot of people in the province with this program. And then the more acute cases, because they will be identified, there is going to be the acute care uh, services that will be provided. It's important that we have a connected system that everyone has access to, and that's the purpose behind the Roadmap to Wellness. I want to just ask you very quickly, do you think that, you know, I think we started to recognize depression as something that is very real and uh, important to focus on, but do you think people still need to uh, start to look at anxiety as something that's very real? Do you think people experiencing anxiety think, oh, you know what, I just, you know, I just need a good night's sleep or I just have to get over this thing? They're not taking it seriously enough. Yeah, and I think that refers back to the stigma associated with mental illness or or mental health issues. I think it's really important that we continue talking about it. You you know, as I said before, you can't be healthy unless you've got mental health. And uh, in my previous roles, I've seen, you know, police officers and um, the first responders that suffer from PTSD and other issues because of the type of work that they do. We have to look at the needs of individuals and address them, but be able to talk about them. And that's what we're hoping that a program like MindAbility is going to make everyone who needs it have access to something that will help them. The word of mouth, the continued uh, use of these types of programs will make a difference, a huge difference in terms of helping us end hallway health care, which is one of our, our main objectives as well as to get people help in their local community from grassroots organizations that can provide these supports. Uh, the, the psychotherapy, the mindability will be delivered by community groups as well as uh, psychologists and there's people that are trained that, that are able to, to provide the service and the intention is to expand it so that everyone has access and I, I'm, I believe, uh, based on what I've seen uh, with the uh, IAP system in England, that this will be a huge game changer for the province of Ontario. It will lead us to be able to help people that have the more acute needs using the psychiatric uh, hospitals and, and, and have a step care process within our communities that will make a difference. You know, research has shown us that when we deliver the services in the local community, it has a much lower recidivism rate, which means that art will be more successful, people will be healthier, it'll help our economy, and it'll certainly help the family situation and create, uh, you know, more healthy, healthy communities. Yesterday during the show, I was incredibly distracted because I got a, a very sad and tragic news that someone's uh, child took his own life, and they're a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, it does speak to the difference a day can make when it comes to mental health um, services and the accessibility. I want to talk about um, the fact that there are people listening, and one of the things that might have stuck out to them is that um, this will equip Ontarians age 10 and up with lifelong skills they need to manage their mental health. When it comes to a 10-year-old accessing uh, help and talk therapy, how, you know, if a parent's listening and they think, well, I, I kind of want to be aware of what's going on, can they access it without their parents' knowledge, or would they need some sort of supervision to um, get involved with MindAbility? Yeah, I, I think it would require the uh, the parents to be involved with that if they're minors. Um, the see the important thing that we're we're trying to do here, and, and again, you can you can appreciate we've got a lot of capacity issues that we're trying to deal with, at the same time as trying to increase the educational uh, part so that we can reduce the amount of, of mental health and addiction issues uh, uh, over the course of time. It's going to take time to build this. 
Um, when it comes to supporting the youth and children, we are specifically targeting that area as well. When we talk about lifespan, we're looking at the smaller lifespan developmental components of life. So zero to three and three to six and six to 12. There are things we can do there that are very influential and are, 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 will change an individual's life going forward. And likewise, moving forward from 12 to 24, 24 to, 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 to 45 and all the way through to, to uh, uh, seniors, we're looking at that. We're also looking at specific communities. So we know we have higher rates of suicide within the uh, age groups that we just talked about, 16 to 24. We know that we've got them with Indigenous. We've got issues with neurodevelopmentally challenged individuals. So we're looking and targeting the different components within our communities to make sure that the wraparound services are there. So it's based on a needs-based uh, uh, model. It's not just a diagnosis. It's what does the individual need in order to ensure success in life, whether it's a child by building resiliency and coping skills or whether it's a, a young adult in terms of education, uh, job, housing, and looking at all of those. I mean, there's 16 ministries working on this plan. It isn't just me sitting in an office somewhere. We are working, uh, 16 of us are working Working to make sure that every element, including the justice system, the correctional systems, all have a, a say in how we handle mental health going forward. A unique component of this mental health program, this mappability, is just like it does in England, you'll be able to look at patient outcomes. It'll be measured at every session. What is that? How does that help, um, you know, uh, speed up your mental health? Okay, so, so Kelly, that, that, that's a really good question because one of the issues we have, we, we spend about $4.1 billion a year on mental health and addictions in the province of Ontario. And one of the concerns that I had coming to this, I, I came from, uh, was a practicing lawyer, but I ran a residential therapeutic community uh, for 10 years. And one of the concerns that we always had was the services that are being provided, how are we measuring outcomes? And what we're trying to do is we're in the system is with the center of excellence, measure outcomes so that we know that the evidence-based uh, systems that we're putting in place are actually going to de deliver real results to the individuals that are looking for those services. So it's really important for us to make sure that we get this part right. And that's, that's really why, you know, evidence-based um, uh, data-driven therapies are what we're going to focus on to ensure that people get the supports they need. It's like your own mental uh, mental health report cards so that you can see how well you're doing and 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 start to make sure the services that people need are are supplied in a timely manner. Exactly. So, you know, the digital world is, is quickly coming upon the Ministry of Health and especially mental health and addiction. So a patient will have access to his records. He, you know, we want to make sure that the individual is able to take those records and isn't asked the same questions 40 times as he moves through the system. It's a needs-based system. There's a 811 number that will get you the first access, an assessment, and then the direction will, you know, the direction will be provided to you as to what the needs are. And so mindability may be an option. Uh, Internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy might be an option. It may need something uh, in addition to that. But by doing this, it's going to take a lot of the pressure off of the hospitals. It's also going to mean that someone with suicide ideation is going to have a coach, is going to have someone who is going to assist that individual through the system as opposed to going to the emergency room and being released you know, a couple of hours later and uh, end up, you know, back in the emergency room a, a week later because there aren't the supports necessary for that individual. So we're changing that. We're making sure that the system is a needs-based system and that there's someone that's going to help that individual 
through the system, navigate the system to ensure that that person gets the help they need where and when they need it. Minister, can we just go back for a second? You mentioned that there'll be uh, an 811 number. Is that a three-digit toll-free number? Yes. That's amazing. I, that that was one of the things that I was worried about because when you're uh, moving, when you are in a situation where you know your world is collapsing, it's good to have something akin to a nine one one eight one one. Perfect. Um, let's just very quickly wrap up with when you expect this will get underway. This mindability when it will be on offer to us, the public. Well, it's going to be uh, offered uh, this the, the spring of twenty twenty, and uh, the children one will roll out a little bit later. But um, the systems are being put in place and investments are being made. You know, we've put $27 million into the educational system to hire more people to help the kids do the assessment diagnoses. We're setting up youth wellness hubs to provide opportunities after school to ensure that, you know, when they're not supervised from 9 to 3, that they've got a place to go and get supports and help that they need, whether it be life skills or, or social services or whatever it happens to be. We're developing that. We're working with the police, with the mobile intervention crisis units, the RAM clinics to provide opportunities for people that need help to not necessarily have to go to the hospital. And we're doing this. We're rolling it out with throughout the province through the Ontario Health Teams that'll be overseen by Ontario Health that'll establish the evidence-based supports. It's a great system. I'm, it's long overdue. Like I said, for 10 years, I banged my head against the wall as a, an addictions counsellor and uh, running the therapeutic community. This is what was needed 10 years ago, maybe even further back than that, but it's it's here now and we're going to make this work and it's uh, it's great news for the province of Ontario and for the people of Ontario because it, it is the first of its kind in, uh, in Canada. So we're really proud of it and I'm looking forward to rolling it out and working with everyone to make sure we get the system right. Well, congratulations on this. It's been a long time coming, as you said, that we take mental health uh, seriously in this province and I want to thank you for your time, Minister. Anytime, Kelly. Thank you very much. Cheers. It's Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.